Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to Move Your Mind. My name is Nick Brax, and this is a podcast where we have real conversations with real people and give real advice. Life can be messy and life doesn't happen on the timeline that we always want it to. We often don't even know what we want until later on down the track. One of my favorite quotes is one from John Lennon where he says, life only makes sense backwards, but must be lived forwards. And this really sums up my next guest. He made a huge life change later in life and discovered his passion and went full throttle on it. But if he didn't have the skills from his previous life, he wouldn't have been able to do it as effectively. And I just love these kind of stories. And I really think it just summarizes life and how everything is the sum of a whole. No experience is wasted and it all leads to the bigger picture. And we just have to trust the path that we're on to take that next step forward and to not pigeonhole ourselves with specific timeframes. Sean Randall is the author of Words Like Wine, A Peace of Mind, Letters from Lima, and The Manifestation Method. His metaphysical poetry and novels take readers on a journey inside worlds they never knew existed to uncover truth and discover themselves all over again. If you'd like to learn more, you can purchase the Move Your Mind book at nickbrax.com book, and you can join our community at moveyourmind.me. Thank you so much for listening to Move Your Mind. I hope you enjoy the episode. So great to meet you, Sean. Um, as, as has happened a few times when you know you connect with someone and you just go have have an interesting chat. We're talking for about fifteen minutes before we hit record, and I was like, a lot of these topics, you know, are going to be great for the podcast. So hopefully, we'll find our way back to some of them. But always a good sign for you know what's probably going to be a good interview. So yeah, appreciate you making the time to come on. Yeah, well, thank you for having me on, and yeah, it was a great conversation, and um, I, I'm sure whatever is meant to be repeated um, for your audience, we'll, we'll get to it, and if we don't, it's because there's other stuff that uh, will be of even more value to them, so it's just about um, sharing and, and having an open conversation where we can learn from each other, so I'm all about it. Exactly, exactly. That's you know, that's the best thing about the podcast. And, you know, I, I always say from a selfish level, uh, the best thing is, you know, I get to sit down for, you know, half an hour, an hour with people like yourself that I would never normally probably get to make the time. And you just, you know, such it's, it's the best way for me to learn. Like, it's crazy how many, you know, cool people you get to meet. So love having these conversations. Uh, and you're so you're you're in Peru right now, you're telling me before. Yeah, I live in uh, Lima, Peru. The the district I live in is called uh, Barranco. Um, so it's kind of, it's this bohemian neighborhood with um, art galleries and cool restaurants. And um, it's, you know, it's set oceanside. Um, Lima is up on these elevated cliffs, which is really cool. So you overlook um, the ocean from kind of the mainland. There's obviously there's a highway and, and the beach and all that stuff down below. But um, so it's beautiful. Yeah, I, 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 I tremendously blessed with living in um, a cool uh, city and, and place and, um, you know, ha- having spent my whole life in the United States in different areas, but it's, it's, it's transformative to live in a, a different country and a different culture and uh, learn a different language and all that good stuff. So yeah, Lima is where I'm at. No, it sounds, sounds beautiful. And 
you know, you were telling me earlier about, you know, moving there just or having this all start happening around the time of the pandemic. And I saw a lot of parallels, ironically, with me going from Vancouver to Australia to to your original country in the US and doing it all during the pandemic and then meeting someone and personally, you know, having a long distance relationship through all of that and navigating things. So in a very different way, I was saying, you know, a lot of parallels to what happened. And it's it's just crazy, you know, in a period of a couple of years, how how much life can change. And uh and and cool that you were able to navigate all of that, you know, with all this crazy stuff going on in the world. Yeah. Well it's you know it's 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 ironic that the crazy stuff in the world is what at least for me, but I think for a lot, you know, the, the parallel you experience and a lot of people, it, it shook us up, right? It, it made us really kind of reevaluate things. And, you know, so I told you, I came to Lima for vacation um, in the first week of March. And, um, you know, I met my, she's my fiance now, um, but I met someone and, and fell in love and just had this tremendous week. Um, and I remember sitting in the airport and she had given me this leather um, bracelet that's, you know, wrapped into a, an infinity knot. And I, I just remember, you know, I was feeling all kinds of different emotions. I was euphoric from that. I was sad to be leaving. Um, but I looked down at this infinity symbol and I was like, can that be real? Can that be true? Because this this person makes me feel that way. And, mm -hmm. th and then I thought, well, why is it that I need this other person to make me feel like that? And then... You know, I did a whole lot of I'm sitting there like, you know, the people are passing me in the terminal and like their luggage is blurring and my whole life is flashing before my eyes. And but I had this sense by the time the plane was pulling away just before midnight and getting ready to take off, I, I had this sense of like, you know what, this this is crazy, but it's it's all happening and, and you'll figure it out as you go along. And what a, you know, just be, just resonate in the joy that you're experiencing right now in this experience and take it all in. And I, I felt like I had been made a really significant breakthrough because, you know, previous to that, one of the reasons I'd gone on vacation is I was celebrating a year of sobriety. I was celebrating a, a year of solid business. And after about 10 years of, of destroying my life, I'd started to really, uh, you know, put it back together and get some good momentum going. And so then, you know, the, the week I'm within a week of being back in Chicago, the pandemic happens and the, the whole, um, you know, everything that felt so good was suddenly just torn away from me right there. It was like, totally. wow, you know, so my business that I've been working on was shut down and, and this relationship was like, suddenly, you know, I didn't know when I'd be able to go back. But, but what's also weird is it didn't have, it wasn't like one night. I knew all that. Like I thought, oh, the pandemic's going to be a couple of weeks. And so like a couple of weeks turns into a month and like all of a sudden, like the reality happens. Well, I'm not, I'm not going back anytime soon. The international borders are closed. And this is this is a far more significant deal than I could have possibly imagined. And so I, you know, I, I just I I forced myself. I was actually I was, I was scrolling through social media because this is where you find life's meaning and purpose is on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. And I was so so I was scrolling through and I I saw the I started to laugh because I saw these these posts about people complaining about gaining weight and then complaining about being bored. And I'm like, I, those two things can be counteracted immediately. Like just, and, but I was, I was laughing because I was doing the same thing. You know, I, I was at home and I was moping around and I was bored. And so I said, you know what, enough of it. I started, um, I started going, you know, the gym was closed, which just kind of took me out of my routine and my physical wellness was, was um, impeded by that. So then the mental wellness goes, you know, as well. And I said, you know, I'm just going to go outside and start running a little bit every day and get myself back together. And um, 
and and in one of those runs i was like what is the opportunity that the universe is giving me right now and it was time you know i i could do anything that i wanted to in a world where we we were like quarantined and locked down and you you felt like you couldn't do anything we all were actually given the gift of being able to do anything we wanted to as long as it was inside and so that's that was the gift the pandemic gave me as it forced me inward um because yep. the external world was so completely out of my control and so completely unavailable, um, quite literally. Um, to, you know, there was no external world for me to go find distraction and pleasure in. So it was yep. me meditating for three or four hours uh, a day in my, um, uh, you know, apartment in Chicago. And, um, you know, seven months later when the border um, opened up, you know, I, it wasn't by that point, it was like, well, I'm just, I'm not going to go back and forth. I'm just, I'm going to go and see what happens. And I didn't know how I was going to manage my business. And I didn't know how I was going to really do any of those, you know, things that keep our lives moving from a, on a day-to-day -day basis. I just knew that there was somebody that I'd fallen in love with. And I, I knew that I was a different person um, than when I had met them seven months ago. And I, I figured that they were too. And so we had to figure out if, if, if it was going to work. And, you know, um, here I am over, you know, two and a half years later and, um, having, uh, just been dramatically changed even more than I was in those, those seven months. So yeah, that, that's the, the pandemic kind of in a weird way, got me to Lima and, um, I've, I've been enjoying my time here since. So. I love that story. And, um, you know, it, even just in what you said there, there's so many good messages and with the pandemic, you know, having that time to just sit and think, you know, what do I want to do? How do I use this? productively for me that was the best opportunity ever because I got to stop with all of these different you know million activities I was doing to just do a few things you know I wrote a book launched yeah. this podcast things that I really wanted to do that had just never made the time to do and it was the best gift ever uh, and I think you know with your partner potentially another positive that could have come out of that would have been having to do long distance for that period and just get to know each other without any pressure, without, you know, just on that very base level without any other ulterior motives, you're not even in the same place. Then you, you really build that. And I found that with my, with my partner, we met long distance. And for the first three months we were talking um, just over video calls and yeah. just got to know everything about each other with no pressure at all. And then by the time you met, you're like, hang on, I, I feel like I, you know, we, we already know it. Like, I, I just know you, you know, you're just like, it's a very different thing to yeah. like the, and especially how fucked, you know, the whole dating world is now. <laughs> so it's kind of refreshing. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, I mean, that resonates so deeply with me. And I, I've often wondered if the relationship would have been successful had, had that um, long distance being forced to be long distance um, the way that we were, because the plan I had would have been to go, go back and forth. I would have had one foot in that relationship, one foot in my business. It would have been very easy at what, at, at any point along the way where something was kind of going wrong or challenging to be like, you're just biting off too much. You can't, this isn't a realistic thing for you to, to pursue and, and just kind of fall back into normal habits. But you said something really important that, that I hadn't thought of is that, you know, for seven months we were doing video calls and getting to know each other. And then when we saw each other in person again, it was like, it was the benefit of having a, a, a relationship with somebody that you've taken the time to know and, and, and knows you and you've gotten to learn about them. And so you have that kind of gravitas of a relationship and then you come back and it's new and it's exciting and it's euphoric. And so that's a real, that, that's a really magical combination. And 
Um, it's something that I draw upon all the time. I mean, relationships are, are hard. I, I have a tremendous partner um, that's that's the reason for the success in our relationship, far more so than me because of her her disposition. Um, it's been such a tremendous influence on me. But um, you know, it's that's I think the power of of a great relationship is that you can you can draw upon the the connection to kind of rekindle the passion, the excitement. It doesn't, you know. I, Relationships change. Um, and the excitement's not always going to be there, nor does it always need to. I mean, it's like anything else. If we were constantly euphoric, that would get boring in and of it, itself. It's the dynamic um, yes. that makes it great. But that being said, it doesn't mean that they should lack energy or passion, and that you can't you can't generate it and create it um, with somebody as well. So, um, I think you, you you know you you trigger that in me because it was like. You know, I, I just I valued the relationship so much by the time I got to the excitement part, which is the opposite of how normally it works. Normally, it's like you go through the exciting part and then hopefully you value it three months or six months exactly. down the road. Yeah. Um, and, and find out. But it's so true. It's such a, you know, I think you could just talk for hours just on on that front because it's just such an interesting area. And, you know, where I think, I think it's become more difficult than ever in general with, you know, dating apps, with just how fast paced it is. I was living in New York for the, for two years and um, I was single when I first moved there and I was and I'm watching a lot of my friends, you know, and how the whole dating thing worked. And it was just, you know, this transactional thing. And like you're saying, people on the get go, okay, what's in it for me? How can I get that high from it? Okay. I'm bored after two weeks. What's next? What's next? Okay. It's good, but what's next? There's nothing properly built there and it's just exhausting. And, you know, we get taught through, through Hollywood films, through music, that it's meant to just be this, you know, euphoric thing from the get-go, happily ever after. And if it's not perfect 24-7, then it's not the right thing. And, you know, like you're saying, yeah. you can have that euphoria and all those beautiful things, but at the base, it's about just building, you know, this foundation and, you know, something even deeper and more meaningful yeah. and more beneficial than, than the highs that you get out of it. But you yeah. can't build that unless you've got two people willing to, you know, actually do it actually get to know each other and take their time to to do that and it's actually quite rare to find these days yeah well there's there's a paradox that comes from successful relationships that i've only in this one finally been able to kind of understand better and that is to prepare yourself for a relationship you have to know yourself first it's 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 impossible for us to truly get to know another person unless we've first known ourselves yes and then and then you get into the relationship and you you start to realize there's actually no better way for me to learn about myself and who I truly am than than through my partner. Like you know, the stuff that I the stuff that I value when it comes to like meditation and um, controlling our emotions and directing our creative power and all that stuff. You know, why do I get fussy when I'm waiting an extra five minutes for her? You know, for us to go somewhere. You know, why does it? Why do I get anxiety when I? the Uber is downstairs waiting and she's, you know, just now putting on her shoes. Um, and, and so be, because of, because of my relationship to her, I'm able to see the, I'm able to see these things happen and go, you need to address this. Right. And as opposed to like, Oh, it's her fault that I'm late for something. It's no, no, no. You've got, there's a mirror being shown back on you, but I wouldn't have, I've never been able to do that before. You know, there's a, there's a lot of, um, uh, relationships and people that I've dated that did not get this version of myself that that would have probably um, been better served by it. Um, 
but that's because I was ready. I, I knew myself by the time I was getting to know this other person. And so I realized that those things, those things that might be triggers for me from an emotional standpoint um, that control my mood, it's not because she's doing something or not doing something. It's because these, these triggers exist within me and I have to be aware of them and, and work through them. And I'm fortunate yeah. that when, when they, when I do get triggered and I get fussy or get cranky, um, you know, she, she very kindly puts me in, in my place and, and she's just got a joyful disposition that, that keeps it, keeps it, um, uh, e- it keeps it easy to, to kind of check myself and recalibrate when I need to. So I'm, I'm fortunate that she helps me, me grow in that way. Well, that's, I mean, that's the timing part about it. It's like you said, it's that paradox of those two things. And I think it's sort of two people meeting at the right time when they've had their own experiences and they're ready to then grow together and learn from that. And it's, you know, often the timing's not right for that, or one person might be in that place and then the other's not. And sort of like you sort of, you know, can, but you need that starting point, but it is, it is that thing where, you know, I find that with my partner where this, you know, before I was in it, I thought, oh no, I've like worked on myself so much and I've got all these, you know, on top of all these things. And, so many things come up where you're like, you're like, oh, yes, you're right. But I'm like, you're so frustrated because I'm like, oh, you, you're pointing out something or something's coming to light that I know is a problem for me. I can't hide from it, but so frustrating. And then you, you know, you yeah. work through it. And then afterwards you're like, oh, okay, that's, that's actually really good that I, that, that came yeah. to light, but it's, it's hard, you know, but it's a great thing. We need, we really do need that accountability or that, you know, that mirror put, you know, put in our face, like you were saying to, yeah, I like that. well, it's a, yeah. it's a it's a safe place. A good relationship is a safe place for us to be ourselves, uh, yeah, with our with our strengths and our weaknesses, and be able to to really truly openly evaluate. Here here are things about myself that I wish were were a little bit different, or here here are. So it's really not something about myself, right? It's a behavioral pattern that I'm able to recognize that I have and and adjust it adjust from there. So one hundred percent, but that's you know, trust and all that other stuff, which is becoming harder and harder um, to develop when we meet people through an application. And it's not impossible. I met my, my fiance, we met um, through an application before we met in person. So there's nothing inherently wrong with that. It's just that it doesn't, it doesn't, the trust has to be built in other ways. So, um, you know, when long distance builds trust, you know, that's, that's another unique facet of it is you can't really somebody. Yeah, no, so yeah. I can, I can, I can vouch for that. And I met, you know, my, my girlfriend through, through an app as well. And 99.9% of the time it hasn't worked for me, but then that did. And, but then the distance and all that stuff helped to build, to build that trust. And like you're saying, so it's just, yeah, it, I think it's just more having the right mindset with how, the kind of person you want to meet rather than just trying to fill, fill that void. And yeah, um, I guess it can, um, anyway, so many things to talk about. I think, yeah, relationships we could probably talk for a long time about, but um, I we'll, guess we'll put the check check in the box on that one. Yeah, yep, that can be interview number two. We'll we'll dive deep into relationships. <laughs> um, so, for the listeners, can we just give them a little bit of a background on on you, on like an abbreviated background on on you, the work you do, how you got to where you are now, you know, what your yeah. business was, what you're doing, just just a bit of an overview so they can understand a bit more about you. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think my, um, I didn't feel it necessarily at the time, but I, I think my, my upbringing and young adult life were pretty, pretty normal and pretty standard. Um, you know, far from, 
perfect, but every everybody's life is. Uh, you know, I I had a, a you know I grew into a successful career. I was a multi-unit manager with Starbucks, and then um, with Nordstrom after that. And so I had um, achieved some level of of success. You know, I I think you know for me it was never enough. Yeah, I, I, best way I would describe it is people would look at my life from the outside and they would they would be jealous of it. The majority of people I had a good good income. I had, you know, a growing financial portfolio, I had good relationships. I was having a blast in life um, in a lot of ways, but I was miserable. I, I didn't admire my own life. And, um, you know, I, around 2010, I, I kind of started to spiral downward and um, somewhere around, you know, 2000, like 2000, the end of 2000, actually 2013 was a really, really rough year where I'm like, man, I can't, I can't get any worse than this. And then 2014 was, was even worse. And then 2015, I'm like, this is, this has got to be it. This has got to be rock bottom. I had, um, I was living in uh, an apartment and my, um, and this is in Chicago, you need your, your gas and your electricity for lights and heat. Hmm. Um, and those have been turned off. I couldn't pay my, my utilities. Um, and then I, I, you know, cause I needed to pay rent and I actually had to, um, I was moving, I was going to move in with a roommate to get my rent cut down. So I was borrowing money from friends to pay bills. And I was just, I was just struggling, um, to get by. And so I had, I had started a business, but I was also driving Uber, um, to, to, you know, pay bills and, um, just everything just had kind of crashed down. And, and, you know, I think for me, the, the dissatisfaction I had with my life when I was successful in a, in a career was that I wasn't really, I, I, I enjoyed what I did. It wasn't my true calling. I wasn't pursuing who I was yeah. and doing the things that I wanted to. And so um, I, and I wasn't aware of that at the time, that that's what was really, I had a suspicion, you know, it occurred to me, um, but I turned to drugs and alcohol during that time. And so those habits got worse and worse and worse and worse. And so when I was at rock bottom, you know, I, I knew that, I, I think the hardest part that was devastating for me was I knew that where I was was my own fault. I, I never, I never had some illusion that somebody else had done this to me, and and that's what I really internalized is that I had fucked up my life. You know, just to, you know, tell it like like I felt about it. Yeah. And um, you know, so around 2016, well, 2015, 16, I really started to try to work on that. So I would go, I would these little phases of being sober and like going to the gym and working out and trying to get healthy and focused on my career. I was working, I, you know, I would, I would go out and abuse drugs and alcohol still, that was still part of my life, but I was trying to be different. So I was still, I was also working on my career and trying to do things that, that would um, benefit my overall life. And it, it just, it wasn't working by the time and 2018 rolled around and I, I had this kind of watershed breakthrough moment. I was cat sitting for some friends who were out of town and I went into their apartment and um, they'd left a note with all the different meals and stuff that they prepared for me. And they left me a hundred bucks. I was going to watch their cats for like four days. And I thought this is ridiculous that I would accept money from a friend for such a small favor. You know, the reality was their apartment was nicer than mine. Anyway, it was like going on vacation, you know, this, <laughs> you know, apartment overlooking the Lake Michigan. It was awesome. Yeah. So, so, but I, I, you know, was planning on having to drive Uber that night. And I was, I was just exhausted. I was, you know, I was working full time in the day and then doing that to keep, you know, income coming in while I built my business. And I was wow. like, man, thank God I can just, I can rest and recharge. And then it hit me. I'm like, how, 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 how have I gotten to a place where a hundred dollars is making me cry because I've 
it means that much to me. And I, I just said, this has to stop. I, I, I don't know why I've been trying for like two years and my life hasn't gotten better. I need to figure out why. And, and um, I also need to figure out how and, and make a difference. And, um, you know, that was to me, that was the day that the work I do now was kind of was born. That was April 13th, 2018, um, where I, 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 I stumbled into, you know, years after that, I stumbled into manifestation and, and really taking control of, of the future of your life and becoming the person you want to be. And it was that day I made a decision. I, I, I was going to quit smoking. I was going to quit drinking and quit doing drugs. It lasted for about, I think I made it about five months, um, clean and sober, which no small feat. Um, at that point, yeah. Yeah. At, yeah. At that point in my life, it was huge. It, and, and I'd been working out, so I lost a ton of weight. I was feeling better. People were telling me how much better I looked. And my career started to go better. All those things started to fall in place. And I thought, well, I just, I, I can just have a couple of glasses of wine um, here and there and enjoy myself um, out socially, out networking, that kind of thing. And a couple of times it was fine. And then, you know, but the the binge drinking and drug use and, and you know, and then a couple of glasses of wine, like I can go out and have a cigarette while I'm enjoying a glass of yeah. wine or a beer, you know, th that's fine too. And then, you know, suddenly the next day you're buying a pack of cigarettes. And so it's not that you're having a cigarette, it's that you're back to being a smoker and all that. So that was, I wrestled with all that stuff through the end of 2018. By the end of it, um, I just, I was physically, I was dealing with vertigo. I, on a good day, I felt like I had the flu. Um, and I, I just, I was like, I, I couldn't keep spinning my wheels anymore. And I was like, something has to change and has to, it has to start with, with, you know, I, what I realized is that it, it was a mental approach to life that that I was missing, that a cigarette or uh, a glass of wine or a drug could make me feel a certain way and fix my life in that, you know, for that small period of time. And and I was like, I just, I'm not like other people in, in this. I wanted to just feel like other people where I could do this stuff. And it was like, nope, you're different. And that's, yes. and that's okay. Yeah. And so 2019, um, I, you know, it was the first full year that I was entirely sober, no smoking, um, drinking or drugs. And I've been ever since. Um, and it, it changed my life because it, it, it empowered me to realize that you can change your life. You can change your behavior. You're truly able to do that. And so through that, that time period, I started to, um, you know, I just, I'd, I'd always been, you know, for years I'd been reading and, and personal development and literature and philosophy and stuff like that. And I, I just started to compile it and, and put it into stuff that meant something to me. Um, and then, you know, along the way I, I decided, you know, it's actually work that I think is worth sharing with um, other people. And I think the real kind of the up to now part where I bridge it is it, it helped me become the person that I, I had always wanted to be. So, um, you know, this is also during the pandemic. Um, you know, I, I had um, this book that I just released in um, December, Letters from Malima, um, a novel that I wrote kind of come to me and I began to work on it in that time period. And um, I, I dedicated myself to that work. And, and um, that was my third book. Um, and my fourth one, The Manifestation Method, is, is coming out soon. And, and so I, I sit here in front of you today as the same person that I was back then, but I'm doing the things that I love. And so I'm, I'm living a life that's true to who I am and who, who I want to be, frankly. And so what that, that's what changed my life is, is deciding that I'm going to pursue who and what it is that I want to do. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to accept what's on offer from, from the world around me anymore. Um, and, and I'm doing that because the, I know that 
the empowering thing is I know by being myself that I'm what the universe is using to help other people. And I, I can't, I can't help but help other people when I'm the best version of myself. Um, and then that's the reward from doing that then just, you know, uh, multiplies everything and, and kind of creates an exponential return. So uh, I hope that was as concise as I can give you a 46 year old um, person. <laughs> no, that was great. No, thank you so much for sharing that and being so open about it. And a lot of, yeah, super interesting, useful things that you mentioned in that. And I mean, I think I just, the message you're saying about just realizing that I'm just going to be myself and I don't have to be the same as other people. And, you know, I resonate so, so deeply with that one because I've always you know, similar patterns and had this addictive personality actually cut alcohol completely recently and made such a big change because yeah. not that I really had, I had big problems in the past with binge drinking, but more in more recent times, it was more, if it's in my life, you know, you, so it's not really a problem, but then you a few drinks here and there, you have a drink. Okay. It's okay to have another drink. And then you get invited to an event or you're at a family function. You're like, what the hell? Yeah. I just drink four nights out of the week when I don't want to really be drinking. And it is yeah. slowing me down and making me feel more depressed or whatever. So I think cutting it for certain people is just actually a really good thing. If you're that kind of person and realizing that I need to, you know, be true to myself and create provisions around things and, um, not do you know things not wait for the perfect time to you know go and do the things you want to do like you're saying with writing these books or whatever it is because otherwise you might kill yourself in the process of trying to find the perfect time to do it or you know whatever it is rather yeah. than just doing it and within the doing of it just finding a way to make it work it's like doing it in the reverse way that the reverse way that we're taught to do things really at the end of the day it's like society is yeah. like no, you got to be productive, tick all these boxes, get everything perfect, get everything right before you can have permission to, you know, go and maybe do something you're passionate about. It's like, well, okay, but I'm fucking, you know, just my whole life's behind me now and I can't do it anymore. It's like, no, you got to fucking do it now. Like we only have yeah. right now to do these things. It's the riskiest thing you can possibly do in your life is wait until you can give yourself permission to do it. Just do it, you know, just live yeah. how you want to live. So yeah. I really, wanna... really love what you're talking about. Thank you so much for supporting Move Your Mind. We're expanding the offerings of the organization and we're tailoring everything we do to suit you guys and to try and answer to all of your needs and the questions that you send in. The book is available globally. You can find all of the links at nickbrax.com book. And we've just released the Move Your Mind community. We've currently got a men's community group, a women's community group, a general group. We're gonna be lo loading up other groups and you can find all of the links at moveyourmind.me. This group's been created based on the needs of what we've heard and learnt throughout running Move Your Mind. And we have live events, we've got courses, we've got huge amounts of value, the ability to share information, share ideas, work in groups together to, to grow and share your learnings, to learn about different topics. You get email reminders. There's a whole lot of features in there. We're constantly updating it and we're so excited to share it with you. You can find all of the information about it at moveyourmind.me. 100%. Well, and, and, you know, for me, you know, when it comes to that, that slippery slope of like, well, I'll just drink, you know, I, I have friends that successfully do this. They just drink on X night a week, you know, Friday or Saturday night, whatever it is. I, I could never, I could never do that. It was always a slippery slope. And um, Jack Canfield said that 99% is a bitch. 
and 100% is easy. And that's true about it. Yeah. And it's true about everything, whether it's physical exercise, whether it's about, um, you know, meditation, whether it's about, you know, writing a book, whether it's about um, anything that it is that you want to do, if you, if you go a hundred percent to it and make that and just cut yourself off from any other option, all of a sudden it becomes effortless. Um, And, you know, so I, I, you know, I, I, I feel like the, the power of addiction is that you think that there's something that can transform the way you feel that's outside of yourself. And the, the power of manifestation that, that as guides me is that there's nothing outside of myself um, that can change the way I feel um, as well as effectively as I can change the way I feel myself. And so my mental wellness and my mental health is dependent solely on what's happening inside. It's not that it's not affected by all the nonsense and chaos that we that we're surrounded by and live in, but I'm I'm ultimately the decider of of what happens. And you know, so to me, it's like the same. I I just that analogy of or or that saying that Jack Canfield had of like ninety nine percent being a bitch and one hundred percent being um, easy is it just applies to everything. It's I so think. good. I love that because yeah. like. Yeah and, yeah. and and if I think about any of the times I've been overwhelmed, which is a lot of the time, um, it's right. always it's always because you are, you're sort of one foot in, one foot out, it's sort of trying to do this, trying to do that, hoping yeah. this, hoping that it's like yeah. it's not complicated if you just go, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going for it. I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen, but I'm I'm all in. Then it's yeah. The, the decision's made. You don't really have a confusion of choice on a daily basis. It's like, this yeah. is what I'm doing today. And whatever outcome's going to happen is going to happen, but I'm all in. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's simple. Yeah. Well, this, the, the power you're describing there of letting go of the outcome is, is essential because, you know, I think, I think particularly when it comes to creative endeavors, which by the way, I feel like everybody has creative, not everybody, but so many of us have creative endeavors of some kind, you know, creative, a, a creative endeavor isn't just being a singer or being a writer. Um, yeah. It's making, making crafts or providing service or whatever it is that, that we do individually. And we think, well, I'll, I'll do this. I'll do this on the side while I do this other thing that pays my bills and keeps me going. And maybe if I'm lucky, then, then I'll like, I'll have that breakthrough and then, and maybe like, I'll be able to pursue my dreams and then, and, and then everything will work out and I'll get paid really well to pursue my dreams. But what happens is you don't pursue your dreams by doing this other thing. And then, so you never, you, you never experience abundance doing either one of them. You're halfway in and halfway out. Exactly. And when you put yourself, when you jump in that pool of this is my thing that I want to do, what you realize is that the, the, the abundance and the reward that you're looking for at the end of the thing is actually happening to you before you get there. Um, you're actually experiencing, you know, somebody who wants to be rich doesn't want to, they, they don't want a stack of paper with dead presidents on it. Like that, that's not, that's not what they're looking for. What they're looking for is the feeling of, of power, the feeling of liberation. If I have a lot of money, I'll be able to do what I want when mm-hmm. I want. And wait a minute. We all have that power, regardless of having a, a, a penny. You, we all have the power to do whatever we want and experience that liberation, regardless of any kind of financial or material things. And that's really hard. That's really scary to, to let go of those um, expectations that we all have for our lifestyles and for our personal comforts. 
modern life is very, very comfortable. We, it's, it's a difficult time that we live in uh, mentally, but physically we don't have to you know, hunt and we don't have to search for water every day. Um, and so, you know, that creates, that creates a whole other set of problems, but, um, you know, I think that it's, it's realizing that the, the feeling that we're seeking, whether it's fame or power or, um, achievement or success, there's a lot of noble things, even relationships, right? If I have a great relationship, I'll feel a certain way. And those feelings are available to us before we accomplish or do any of those things, um, you know, just just by being ourselves, really truly diving into what it is that we want to want to do. So it's so crazy, isn't it? It's just like we've got everything in the reverse when, yeah, you're trying to do yeah. all these things, make all of this money, do all this stuff just so you can have permission to do what you truly want to do. When yeah, if you just did it right now, fair, sure, you might not have all the, you know, available resource in the world to, you know, have the most luxurious life. But really, are you going to really care about that? That's not really the stuff that makes us you know happy anyway well and i you know i would you know having experienced some luxury in my life um you know i that stuff those feelings never last they're never it's never as cool as you like i don't care where you think you're going to go in the world and what hotel you think you're going to stay at or what kind of car you think you're going to drive or what kind of watch you think you're going to wear that's going to make you feel a certain way it lasts for like a minute and a half um and and i'm exaggerating some things feel good for a little bit longer but it never lasts and you always need more, you always need more and more and more and more and more and more and more. And when you when you realize that those feelings you're looking for are, you know, reside within you just by being yourself and doing the work that you want to do. I mean, I don't think you can experience um, true abundance or joy by sitting on your couch watching TV all day. Like, I, I don't think that that that's not the answer. Um, being engaged in something that that you think is is important and the, that excites passion and you is where these these feelings we're describing as are, are found um and you know the then you then you start to you know when you receive that abundance of of liberation and of creative freedom in your life and the ability to live life on your own terms you wouldn't tr you wouldn't trade that for anything in the world no there's no amount of money you would that you would um give that back or sell that for um no. and you know, I, I think, and it's, it's interesting. There's story after story after story. We've, we've been, it's, it's weird with all the negative conditioning we've been given, you know, and entertainment is not always the best source of, of wisdom, but there's a ton of great stories, both in film and, and, and literature that we've been taught and, and stuff where we, we know, we know the outcome of the rich person who's miserable because they've given themselves to their money and their, their career success. And they look up and they're like, but I don't have a family and I haven't done all these other things. So we know the stories of regret. It's not surprising to anybody, um, but we still, we try it anyway. Um, we do it anyway. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I, so I, I, you know, I have to acknowledge I did it myself for so long, you know, I, I'm not saying that judgmentally to anybody else who's pursued things outside of themselves. I'm, I'm the worst, I'm the most guilty of having, having done that. Um, I consider myself fortunate that I figured it out um, sooner rather than later, I guess, but. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the sad thing is it's most, or a lot of people, it's going to be a very difficult process if they ever do get there and it's not the individual's fault this is a you know deep societal issue where these things are so ingrained this is part of the mental health epidemic where our parents you know often the 
behavior patterns they pass on to us it's not their fault they just haven't been taught in school we don't get taught you know and we live in a society that actively encourages us to be hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Attached to acquiring and having all of that crap. And, you know, for me, the biggest gift I ever got given was, you know, I grew up in a fairly well-known family in Australia and had an entertainment career and attention and got to go to all these, you know, crazy parties and be around rich people and have access to all of these different things. And I never felt more empty or depressed in my life because it was like yeah. complete crock yeah. of shit. You know, you're at these things and hanging around these celebrities and you're, you know, there's no conversation, there's no connection, there's nothing. And, um, and they, and you see, you, you peel back the curtain and meet these people that apparently have what we're told we're meant to want and they're miserable, you know, they've got drug habits, they're, you know, they're sort of low self-esteem, they're, they're not good people, they're not connected to anything, they're just, you know, it's just, it's depressing, and it makes you realize, just, it's not the answer. No, it's, it's far from it. Well, and I think, you know, it's one of the things I've been blessed with, living in Peru and, and traveling to a different country, because, you know, poverty exists in the United States, um, in fact, real poverty is probably worse there than it is in, in Latin America to some degree, because, um, uh, well, it's, it's, it, it's a plight of large cities where you have true, true poverty that people are really yeah. don't have things and are really suffering because of it. You know, when you go to more rural areas, people don't have all the things that we think would make somebody impoverished and they're, they're joyous. They love life. Yeah. And so I, I, it really came home to me. I went to this Island, um, called, uh, Taquile and it's, it's, um, Lake T- Titicaca and Lake Titicaca is about 4,000 meters up um, in the Andes Mountains. So it's really remote. Um, it's the Incans believe that uh, this is where, you know, humanity started and their God Viracocha created life. And, um, you know, so there's all kinds of cool mystic stories and stuff that you can get into while you're there. But it's um, it's the highest navigable lake in the world, which just means it's the, the highest lake you can take really big boats on. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so I, I, I went to this island, um, Tequila, and they didn't have, they had no cases of COVID. Um, and during the pandemic, which, you know, is, is tells you something. Right. And the, the people there were just joyous, you know, and then you still see different, there was different levels of that, right. There's different personalities. You see di- different people are more or less happy, but the spirit yeah. of the people was, was happy and it was engaging and, you know, they had they had specific textiles that they made that were true to their culture. And the way that um, young men courted women there was they would make these um, woven woolen caps and they would provide them to the father of the woman that they were interested in. And the father would t- would test the, the cap by pouring. They would turn the cap over and pour water into it. And mm. the, based on the amount of water that would flow through this was the quality of the, the hat that the, the young man had made. And if it wasn't satisfactory he had a year to learn how to make it better. And then he would come back and re- represent to the father. And I thought, my God, I mean, you talk about the opposite of how we live in the dating world, like just swiping, you know, left and right, like, you know, crazy people. Yeah. Um, 
And but there's there's a purity of that that way of life. And they don't have material things. I mean, most of the homes on that island do not have running water or electricity. They've got some solar power that they've installed. Um, but the the thought of having a TV to them is like it. They, there's no inclination that that would make their life better. You know, there's no inclination to them that there would that having a cell phone would be better or a certain kind of car. They don't even have bikes on the island. It's small enough they walk everywhere. You know, but they have these beautifully um, crafted stone concrete paths that they've all made. And so they have this island that's so beautiful that people like me are traveling thousands of miles, you know, from different different countries to come see it. And then we we leave that island and we just go back to doing life the way that we've always had in the past. And I, I certainly have tried to be different about it and, and realize that, you know, the things that are seemingly important, the things that I seemingly need to have in my life, um, they just they have they have no bearing on the the level of joy or satisfaction that I have in life. That is a that's no. an entirely different different thing altogether. They don't. Um, and I I had a, the same sort of experience. I spent a lot of time traveling around India and a bit of time in Africa, and I'd go and hang out in these lo- these small villages with with the locals, and you'd see these you know these kids that have literally nothing, and they yeah. they don't go and find fresh water and food then they're not going to eat you know so their whole life is just about how do we support the community how do we you know just do the fundamentals get our core needs met and they're in the street you know playing all these games and you know i was hanging out playing cricket with some of them and they you can see in their eyes they're just so happy and yeah you know same with their parents and it's like well they don't have like choice like choice is a really dangerous thing because for them they're not sitting there thinking uh, you know, I'm doing this right now, but I'd way rather do this job instead or travel here or live here or have this or have that. It's like, no, like, and I think that goes back to what you said at the beginning about, um, you know, the 99.9% thing, like it's sort of easier to go a hundred percent than the, the 99 because yeah. for them, they're a hundred percent, you know? So right. there is right. choice. And when you are a hundred percent, when you're all in on something, you've eliminated choice and choice is the thing that just kills us. So yeah. Uh, yeah. So interesting. Well, and I think, you know, it's interesting because being born in the United States, like I was or Australia or, you know, most of the, the modern world, you know, um, if, you know, to whatever country in Asia or Europe or wherever it is, that's, that's the economy is modern and, we have all these opportunities. It's like, we have so many choices. And so, you know, I, I think the takeaway I had was like, man, I, I can, I can do any, I can do and be anything in the world. And and the people on this Island don't have that same choice. They're, they're happy just being themselves and shame on me for, for having access to doing so many other things and to be doing them, to be worrying about what kind of car I drive or, yeah you know, what my zip code is or whatever, whatever it is that, that, you know, drives us at different times in our lives. And so for me, that, that was what really empowered me to find a a whole other level of creativity that I hadn't um, found. um, And that I continue, you know, I continue to be able to, to find layers of creativity that I, I didn't have access to before, because I realized that what I'm looking for isn't in, it's not, it's not, in the the stuff that I get for the work I do, it's not in people's response to the work I do. It's just merely in the work that I do, and 
so I, you know, I, I do what I do with positive intention that it helps people. You know, when I write a book, I want people to be, well, first I want them to be entertained and enjoy it. Um, and, and, you know, whatever struggles they have in their life to be able to, you know, that's the beauty of a movie or a book. It's really powerful, right. Is to mm. take a couple hours of your life and be, be able to kind of pull yourself away from your stress and your worry. So I love I love that aspect of what I do. And then I hope, I hope there's a deeper meaning that people, you know, take away from it. I don't think that entertainment has to be mutually exclusive of, of finding meaning and, and learning. So, but at the same time, I can truly say now, and I, I never would have been able to say this in my life. If that doesn't happen, if that outcome is not achieved, it doesn't prevent me from doing the work that I want to do as best that I, I possibly can do it because okay. that has to do with my relationship to myself and ultimately the relationship I have with the universe that I, I was, I was given gifts. And if I don't, if I don't pursue them as, as, as best that I can, that doesn't mean that I'm working hard, like a maniac 24 hours a day. I, I have a very relaxed disposition as I go about my day, but everything I'm doing is kind of, is, is, you know, channeling into becoming the person that I want to be. And that, and that when I'm engaged in the work that I do, um, man, that's, it's, that's when I feel like just completely rewarded and abundant. And that's outside of anything that will happen, um, from it. Um, you know, I, again, I start with a positive intention, but I truly let go of the results and the outcomes of the work I do. And in doing so, you know, what I've found is that the universe has better intentions for those outcomes than I possibly ever, ever could have. And so mm. that's the, that's the joy of doing work well and pursuing something that you're truly passionate about. And the reality is it's difficult to find that in kind of the standard jobs that we're all offered. It doesn't yeah. mean that you can't, you know, I, I, I know, I know people, I used to work for Starbucks and I, I know I'm thinking of one specific person. I won't mention them in, in by name now. I don't have the, the permission to do so, but that person is incredibly passionate about coffee. They're incredibly passionate about being able to interact and engage with people. And they, they truly wouldn't want to be doing anything else, any other, other place. And, and you see it on their face and you see it on their joy. And they're, and it's actually, you know, it's obviously, it's a lower income job. They're not reaping material rewards, but they're completely happy and, and abundant and, and joyful in every way, way, shape or form. So it's not that you can't do a job for a company. Like I, I think that, I think that particularly we're, when we're younger, it's good to, it's good to, you know, find, um, work for other people. And, and sometimes you find out what you're not good at or what you don't want to do. And that's, that's okay too. Yeah. Um, and some, you know, and sometimes there is, there is a joy that you, you find. I mean, there's family members that I, I have that have followed, you know, really traditional nine to five um, kind of job patterns and they're tremendously like fulfilled and gratified by the work that they do. So it's not that you have to find it in one thing or another, but it's, it's that you don't stop looking until you find it. You don't, you don't settle for something that's just okay because it brings a certain income in or, or, you know, what we do is we trade security, right? That's really what it comes down to. It's like, my life is secure. I'm not happy, but nothing really bad is happening. Right. I've got my needs provided for, and I, I've got this social stability that I feel from whatever my job title is and, and from the geography and all that stuff. So, you know, that's, that's actually, I think that's probably the, the more damaging um, endemic nature of the modern world we have is, and is that it's so easy to find something that satisfies you halfway. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I guess I was, I feel fortunate that, 
you know, my life kind of crashed and burned. I, you know, that's that's really the the beauty of of it that the universe gives you what you need before it gives you what you want. And for me, unfortunately, I guess because of the way I'm wired, uh, I had to crash and burn. That was that's what yeah. I needed before I could ultimately get to what I wanted to. I I couldn't I couldn't enjoy the work that I do the way I do now um, if I had had if I had kind of just found it when I was 22 years old. I just you know some people can. That's great. I hope everybody does. I think it's it's possible. But, um, I had I had to learn the hard way. I'm just I'm wired that way, I guess. But it's a 10 year anniversary of Underbrack. We've relaunched with the classic white pair. We've also got new styles coming out super soon. We're donating a dollar from every pair to mental health. Currently to one in five. You can find all of this at www.underbracks.com. Totally, and and I think you know a point on that as well is like, and similar to probably the work I'm doing with you know I'm sort of with producing you know um scripts for shows acting you know writing stuff i think you learn if you didn't have all these other life experiences then what are you drawing on to actually yeah. produce the material so yeah. you know you sort of it's like life life makes sense backwards but has to be lived forward so you sort of need to go through these stages a lot of the time um right. and you you wouldn't trade it but it makes sense later on because that gives you the depth and the understanding and the experiences and the pain and the joy and everything to be able to draw on to then do the work. Like if I think back to when I was early twenties, I was so naive, insecure, you know, didn't understand myself or the world and had to have all these bad things happen and mistakes and try things. And, you know, if I didn't have that and just got what I thought I wanted then, then probably would have had a pretty, you know, mediocre sort of path or maybe settled on what you're doing. Yeah. So it's different for everyone, of course. Like you're saying, some people find that earlier, but I think a lot of the time, you know, it's like really good to have those experiences. Yeah, I, I you know, it's it's funny because I think, you know, oftentimes people ask, do you have any regrets? And the real answer is yes, because we've all experienced and feel regret. Regret is, regret is something you feel. It's not something you have, right? And yes. so- you know, but I, I look back and so it's like, yeah, I, there's lots of regrets that I have. There's the thing, you know, there's people, there's, there's collateral damage from the lifestyle that I lose of, of people that were hurt um, emotionally and, and stuff. And it was never intentional. Um, and, you know, so I think, but the reality is I, you know, I, I empower myself now to go, well, don't make all that stuff be for nothing. You know, that was all, that was all those people all made some, some sacrifice um, as they, you know, collided with the wreckage that your life was. And um, if you can make something of yourself that is, makes it worth it, they'll, they'll be happy that they'll be happy that you did that. And so um, I think that's, you know, the universe, the universe has given us a gift in our, our crazy and ridiculous existence um, that we're in is that we can turn any situation into a positive if we choose mm -hmm. to, if we believe, if we believe that the, future outcome can be positive from whatever's happening it will be sure. um, and we just we don't see it in in real time but um you know and that goes back to my you know my mantra is the universe gives you what you need before it gives you what you want yeah um, and so just know that that whatever's whatever's happening in your life that, that you're not pleased with is something you something you need you know it's so so true so true. Well, yeah, there's so many other things we could talk about, but before we go into, I've got sort of closing questions. Um, okay. 
what were, I was interested, what was the business you were doing when, you know, in that period, the business you were starting when you were going through that difficult time? Yeah. So I, I had, you know, I, I was a multi-unit manager with Starbucks and Nordstrom. And then I decided, I decided the reason I was unhappy was because I was working for corporations and I wanted to be more entrepreneurial and, and that. So I started, I got involved with um, entrepreneurial, smaller scale restaurant companies in Chicago and I was managing restaurants. And that's when I just, I really crashed and burned. Um, mm. uh, was just, you know, the, the lifestyle was not um, conducive <laughs> for, for good health or, or mental wellness for me specifically. And so I had, I had met a, a dear friend of mine. Um, his name's Patrick Ryan. And Patrick Ryan was a real estate agent. And Patrick Ryan decided to kind of just take me under his wing. And he, he knew we were good friends. He knew what I was going through. And he was one of the few people that knew where I was at, you know, financially and um, all the different struggles. And um, he said, hey, you know, I've had this great career in real estate. You should give this a shot. And so um, he took me under his wing and mentored me and, you know, just spent a ton of time and effort. Um, and it was just there for whatever, you know, I needed. And, and, um, at the time, you know, I, I was like, that was just like a lifeline. Right. And so, yeah. um, I started, I started to work with him and, and he, um, helped me build up a, a real estate business and it took, it probably took me longer than it, it, it should have, but a few years into it. Um, and that's, you know, during, so that was the business I was building was, um, a real estate business when I was, you know, driving Uber and hustling around, you know, you're, you get, you get a commission check and it's great. Um, yeah. And, you know, but at that point I would get a great commission check and I was just, you know, trying to fill, fill a hole with steam, you know, in terms of, of, you know, debt and everything else that I was, I was dealing with at that point. So, um, you know, I was driving Uber and kind of just try making ends meet. I think it was about, um, yeah, it was two, 2019 was the first year I didn't have to, um, get in my car with a side hustle, which was great. Um, and, and actually made a you know, really nice income that year. And then of course, 2020 came and I was, you know, I was really starting to feel like the financial benefits of it and be really excited. And um, the pandemic happened and everything, everything changed and shifted. But yeah, my, my career before, um, you know, being a full-time uh, writer was um, corporate management and hospitality. And then, um, about five years in the real estate business, six years in the real estate business. And, and I still have that business. I still, um, I have other agents that, um, I work with that, that do stuff for me while I'm, I'm here. And oh, so, yeah, well, it's not, it's not, it, it felt like it would be when I, I remember when I left, you know, Chicago and I, I had a little bit of a control freak in me. So I was very hands-on with everything that I, I did in that business. And, um, you know, I, I, treated clients with, you know, white gloves and, and did everything myself. And I thought, well, man, I'm not going to be able to, you know, service a client properly from, I just couldn't, you know, it's like, I'll have any other agent out of the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, then, and then you realize, you know, you realize that as other agents make mistakes, you're like, well, I, I probably would have made a mistake too. And then other agents do things where you're like, well, I wouldn't have thought of that, or I wouldn't have done that. So yeah. it, there's like this benefit of, of working with other people that, that happens. And at the end of the day, you just realize, you know, you're just, you're, you're just trying to help somebody buy or sell a house. And so, um, you're, you, you don't possess any magical powers of doing that. Other people can help you do that. Um, and so, um, you know, that was part of my learning process too, to kind of let go. Um, yeah. and, and, um, that, but it, you know, that, that business is not the core of what I do. Um, it's slowly, 
slowly becoming less and, and less of a part of what I do. But I feel I feel like with repeat clients and stuff like that, that it's always um, I, I I haven't gotten to where I want to say no just yet. Um, and it gives so, you a bit of, probably gave you a bit of a platform to go and dive deep into the writing full time, having that sort of support as well. Yeah, it gave me, you know, it, it gave me a, a buffer and and um, uh, definitely, um, yeah, right. So 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 fortunate and blessed to be able to um, have been able to, you know, go to a different country and and um, see all the different archaeology and everything that I've been able to do and and everything that that you know culminated in in the book letters from Lima, um, and then still have have you know income coming in on on, on the while I was doing something else. So, um, Love that. yeah, just lucky, right. Just very lucky. I think, you know, the reality is any, any amount of, um, and, and successful endeavor that we undertake, there's a certain amount of grace that's involved in it. And the sooner we acknowledge that, the, the better off we'll, we'll be. Um, and so, yeah, that was part of it for this process was me letting go of doing everything, um, myself. And so, um, that's fantastic. but it's, it, it's interesting. I don't, I don't talk about that a lot. Um, and so I'm glad you asked that because it's an interesting, interesting thing well, to think about. I find it interesting, again, a parallel to my life where, you know, I've built a career in Australia. My company's based there. I wanted to move overseas to, you know, or live between places. And um, everyone was telling me not to do it, driving fear into me. How are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? You know, you've built all this stuff and you do it. And it's a bit clumsy at the beginning and things start, you know, like a few things are really difficult to manage. And then very, very yeah. quickly you realize, hey, I actually can find a solution to anything. And it really, you know, it was such a great thing because, you know, for me now, like it's meant I can do all my creative things, but I've got this business that I, you know, it gives me a backbone to to really have the, yeah. take the pressure off the creative stuff. And we have, you know, that's the beautiful thing. Like there's so many negative things about technology, but the beautiful part is we can run a business from anywhere in the world. We can do anything. We can, we're sitting right now. I'm in Vancouver right now. You're in Peru and we have, we're doing a podcast interview, you know, tech it, it's meant that it's made so many more things available for us to do in creative ways. So, you know, that's, that's a good part about it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I, I think too, it's, it's realizing, um, you know, it's, it's, it's realizing that, the, the best way to get what you want in life and become the person you want to be is to decide what it is that you want. And I, I firmly believe in making a plan, really, really saying, hey, this is what I want to do and this is what I want to work on and this is how I want to spend my time and, and all those things. And then you look at, and then once you have your good plan, look at it and go, I don't, it, like, it doesn't have to happen this way. Yes. And the things that I think that I want at the end of this plan don't have to happen the way that I want to and really, truly let go of the outcome and just say that, you know, I'm just, I'm going to pursue me doing what I want to do and, and pursue the path that I want and, and everything else um, can fall by the wayside and whatever yeah. happens is what's meant to happen. And I firmly believe because it's happened in my life and this is, you know, it's, it's grace, but, and, things will work out far better than you can plan for yourself. That's just, it's one of the, it's one of the weird things that we learn as we get older in life is that the yes. things that we think we wanted, we, we didn't really want them. And then things we get them, they don't mean as much to us as we thought that they ever would have. Um, and then there's these, yeah. And there's these other things that we discover. We're like, man, I would have never planned that for myself. I never would have imagined that. 
Um, and it's so much more rewarding and so much more um, fulfilling than I, I possibly could have imagined. Yep. Well, look, I, I think we could chat all day, but uh, I'm going to go into these final questions because um, all right. you know, I've got to let you get back to your life. Uh, but, but the first one is, um, and these can be sort of, you know, quick, whatever answer comes to mind. But the first one okay. is, what's the best childhood memory that comes to mind for you? Wow, that's a great question. Um, the best one. I don't. I don't want to get this answer wrong and offend somebody. Or one. Um, of them. <laughs> the best one. Yeah, one of them. I, I have. I have a lot. Um, I think. I, yeah. I. So I'm just going to give a general answer because there's a bunch of different ones from this category flooding. But I. I had an older brother who was six years older than me, and we. So we used to play sports all the time, whether it was baseball or. Um, soccer or whatever it was, football uh, for for those outside of the United States, um, and so those those memories were just incredible as as a as a kid. And um, I just those are things I just yeah. If if I could, I wouldn't. I would not want to go backwards and be a kid again. Do not hear me say that. But if I could, that would be the That's those the those times would would be the the reason why. And and you know, my older brother and I would just have a tremendous bond and it's specifically because of the time and attention you know a lot of older siblings when you're like six years apart don't necessarily it depends on life but don't necessarily spend as much time uh interacting with a younger sibling like that so i was really fortunate in that regard and so um yeah playing playing sports with my older brother you know i have lots of different memories that flood through we broke several windows with golf balls and baseballs and different stuff so (laughs) yeah that's great fun what what do you think is the biggest burden on mental health in society right now? My my connection glitched for a minute there. What is the say oh, say the question one more time? What do you think is the biggest burden on mental health in society right now? Asking people to repeat themselves. No, um, <laughs> I think the biggest burden on mental health is the same that it's always been. I, I think it. It's very like technology and electricity and all the stuff that's around us is very much kind of in our face. And, you know, the the dopamine that we get from our smartphones, whether it's texting or social media, all that stuff. You know, I, I, I think that that I think that that's just a symptom of the greater problem that's always existed for for humanity. And that is that we're looking for something outside of ourselves. Um, to, to provide feelings that we wish to have. And I, I don't think it's it's certainly not new, you know, there's a lot of ancient teaching and wisdom that's on this stuff. So I know, I know that, you know, Buddha came up with the the core teachings of Buddha because he was suffering and came from a life. Now he didn't have anything near what we had, but he was still having that same human experience that we have. And he certainly was searching the world from think for things outside of him, whether it was the material wealth he was born with, or like strict religious regimen uh, and physical uh, pain, starvation, all the things that he put himself through were all these different um, avenues of seeking something to make him feel um, a certain way and better. And he, you know, he achieved enlightenment and the things that he found because he realized that those things are found within himself. And, and Buddha is just one, you know, avenue of that you go back to ancient egypt and hermetic teaching is is all of that so those solutions exist because the same problems existed and i think you know whoever built the pyramids was trying to do something right they were working 
towards something. So, you know, it wasn't like they were, you know, distracted by modern technology or whatever, but they were trying to achieve something. And so I think, and you and I were actually talking about this a little bit before we, we went live is we have to understand that that, that drive and that desire to find something outside of ourselves, is, it's part of our human experience that actually gets us to, to really discover who we are and what we're capable of. So there's nothing wrong with it. It's just being able to understand that the things that we think we want to find out there by whether it's building pyramids or um, having a million followers on Instagram, whatever it is that we think will bring us that, that happiness, that's always been a part of our human condition. And it's what drives us to, to do the great things that we do do. It's what drives us to have great families. It's what drives us to build great communities and take care of one another. But it is not what drive. It's not what provides fulfillment. So it's what it's what allows us to achieve. And then on the same token, it is not what provides us joy. So we have to find what it is that provides us joy. And what provides us joy is is understanding that 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 chase and that drive we have for something externally, we need to enjoy it while we're doing it. And the joy is found in doing it. It's not found in finishing it. And you know, I think that Alan Watts said that man suffers because he takes seriously what the gods made for fun. And I, I think that that's the yeah. same thing. You know, that's the, it's like, look at social media. Like, that's a, like, it's, it's a toy. It's a game. That's what it, that's what it is. It, you know, if, if, if you find some bemusement by it, great. But if you, yeah. if your self-esteem is being affected by it, which is, it's programmed to do that now. I mean, we we know that now that the that the algorithms and so forth that are wired into it are wired to be addictive. They're wired to trigger emotions within us. So now it's not that's not fun and games anymore. And so I think that that understanding um, that we're taking things too seriously that are meant for fun is a huge, huge, huge uh, problem. And and then yeah, but the core issue is that we're we're looking for stuff outside of ourselves as opposed to inside of our ourselves the, in, the inner world that we have is limitless it truly is limitless yeah. every particle that exists in our body is the very essence and nature of the creative force in the universe and so yeah. we can tap into that and and access that and when we we try to find stuff outside of that we lose touch with that and that's yeah. what that's what creates mental unwellness is that that gap that's created absolutely what is your personal definition of happiness um, well, it changes all the time. And, and I think that that li the, the liberty to let it change all the time, I would say is, is part of my definition of it. I don't know if I have a, a, a tight definition of, it. I mean, I think, so happiness can be, um, a very, you know, if I eat, if I eat, a, a you know, pizza is my favorite food. If I have a great piece of pizza and a great pizza, I found a new place the other day and man, I was, I was happy. I was satisfied. I felt great about that. Um, that's easy, that's easy to achieve. Happiness is just the, literally the, the serotonin and dopamine, whatever's happening in your body is, is expressing a, a, a good feeling. So I, I, that's how I would define happiness is just feeling good about something, enjoying something. Yep. Joy and fulfillment, all that other stuff that I think we truly want is a, is a whole other thing. And I think that, you know, how I would define the deeper happiness, which is what I think you're asking me, um, how I define that is, um, you know, again, it's, I don't think it's static for me. It's for me, it's being free to be myself and, and understanding that everything that I'm experiencing, um, is, a, is a miracle. Right. And so yeah. 
I, I, to me, I think we have to keep our soul open to being ecstatic at all times. That's, that's what, and I'm not able to, you know, I, I, I don't want to speak with so much authority that people think I have it all figured out. And then I just, I walk around on cloud nine all day. That's not an app, app, uh, an accurate representation. Um, you know, I think for me realizing that the joy that I want isn't, isn't, once once I get that, it won't it won't feel nearly as joyful as I think it will, and so that makes yes. me chuckle. That's I that's ironic, and so that's what's happiness for me is that however life unfolds, being able to enjoy it um, and being able to realize that you know we're just in, in completely encapsulated in a miracle. Every single breath that we take is a miracle. So yeah, absolutely. That that experience is how I I feel about joy. What are you most afraid of? Um, it's a great question. I think, um, for, for me, what I'm most afraid of, I should be better in touch with that. There's things, there's things that I, I experience fear of. So I, my pause in answering the question isn't because I don't experience fear. Um, I experience fear all the time about, um, the same things everyone does. I, I think what I'm most afraid of is that um, the life that I live won't benefit other people. Mm. And therefore, and therefore, if I don't benefit other people, it's because I myself am not valuable. Right. So it's a, it's 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 this trick of like, well, I want to help other people, but what I'm really what it, what it really boils down to is that fear that I'm I'm not worthy and valuable if if i don't do that then this is not true of myself I, that's my biggest fear that i i wrestle with that all the time that i have to make an impact and if i don't make an impact then i've i've fallen short in some some way so but again i think you know so fear fear is on a continuum with courage fear and courage are the exact same thing they're just polar opposites it's like hot and cold Hot is not different than cold. It's an opposite experience of the same exact thing. And in, in between that, there's a range of warm and chilly. And so, you know, my biggest fear is also can be my biggest courage, right? I can transmute that fear that I have about not making a difference in, in people's lives and not feeling worthy of myself. And I can, I can induce a feeling like love for my partner and just be like, you know what? I love her so much that no matter what happens, I'm just going to be the best version of myself. And all of a sudden that, that gridlock that we experience with fear gets broken apart. Yeah. And now I'm moving more towards courage and, and I'm moving away from, I'm, I'm moving away from, from fear as opposed to, you know, being, being, you know, jammed together and locked up in the middle of it. So I think, that, you know, whatever our biggest fear is, I'll just, I'll just wrap up with this. Like whatever our biggest fear is, it can also be your biggest piece of, uh, courage as well. So I'm glad you asked that question and, and made right. me think about it. Really sort it out. But yeah. Yeah. And no, I love that. And final one, what are you most proud of? Um, yeah, right, right now, the, the last, um, the last book that I released letters from Lima, I, you know, I, I released two books of poetry before that. And I was really proud of those. Um, and this last work that I did was truly, um, it's just the, I, it's the best thing that I've ever done from a, the quality of work standpoint. Um, and I, when I, I finished the book originally, 
um, right around May 1st of last year, 2022. And it was like a hundred thousand words. And I, I was like, it was finished. I, I, the story was over, but I went, the work wasn't done. And I knew that I knew how to be edited and, and revised. And I just, I kind of hit them. It, it was the first time I'd ever encountered the opposite of writer's block, which was what I call editing block. I couldn't, I couldn't figure out what needs to be taken away from this and how it needs to be shaped and scolded. And I met um, my editor, um, Jacqueline uh, Pinchuk, who's fantastic. And she, you know, she, she was very um, direct and honest with what, what needed to improve and what needed to be changed. She didn't tell me what to do. She just told me um, she, she was able to kind of get me to pull out of myself what needed to happen. And so this manuscript that was originally a hundred thousand words, it was down to 60. And I would say of, of that 60,000 words, a quarter of it was new. So it was like this tremendous revitalization of the work, but the story itself and the purpose behind it was the same. And the message behind it was the same, but it got refined um, and it got um, molded and crafted and shaped and fashioned into something that I, I think is really truly exceptional, and I'm, I'm yeah, I'm tremendously proud of of, of that work, and um, it that it's the it's a pride that I've never really experienced, you know, because I in the past I, I've been proud of all kinds of things that I've accomplished or succeeded in, but it was like this kind of like egotistical thing of like I've done something and I feel good yeah. about it, and now the pride I feel about that work is. I found something in myself I didn't know was possible. And I found a, a level of um, creation that I didn't know existed. And so I didn't write a book. I became a novelist is the way I explain it. And so that is so empowering as I go on with the other work that I'm doing um, that it's a, it, it's not, it's not pride as much as confidence, right. Is, is what I have um, as a result of it. But yeah, no, definitely um, really proud of, of that work and, um, hope that it it touches people and um, that they enjoy it and and that they can read it. You know, the 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 theme of the book is what we've been talking about today. It's that anything that you you want to you know experience in life, you find it inside of yourself, not outside of yourself. And that what you think you want or what you do want, the universe is going to give you what you need before you get there. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm just so grateful that the universe channeled that through me and cho chose me as the vessel to craft that message and create that story and, and brought me to Lima and Peru to, to uh, create the world that it, it exists within. So. Well, what a great way to finish. And, you know, I've loved everything we've spoken about and for anyone listening, if you've enjoyed the conversation, then the next step is go and get the book. So where, where can we send them? I'll put all, all the links will be, uh, in the show notes or anyone listening will have the links there, but where, where can, where can our listeners go if they want to check out your work, purchase your books, et cetera? Yeah. The, the books are available internationally on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, all those uh, different websites. I, I think the best place to go selfishly is my uh, website, www.shawn-randall.com. And my books are available there. And then coaching uh, courses and teaching that I do and all that. So uh, right. that's a great kind of one-stop shop for everything. Perfect. Well, we'll again, we'll have the link to the website. So anyone listening, go to Sean's website and check it out and, you know, purchase his book. And mate, thank you for making the time uh, 
could probably talk to you all day. I've really enjoyed it. I, I love these kind of conversations, yeah. love your stories, you know, really authentic and so many lessons out of it. And yeah, thank you for making the time. I've, I've really loved this. Well, likewise, thank you so much for having me on, uh, Nick. And it, it was, I, I don't feel like I gave my time. I feel like my time received uh, the benefit of the conversation from you. So, um, yeah, terrific, fantastic. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it, mate. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much to Sean Randall for joining me today for Move Your Mind. If you'd like to learn more, you can purchase the Move Your Mind book at nickbrax.com book, and you can join our community at moveyourmind.me. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.